Broadcasting from the Business Radio X studios, it's time for Business Leaders Radio. Now, here's your host, John Ray. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Business Leaders Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, I've been looking forward to this one. Laura De Benedetto, I got that, didn't I, Laura? Yes. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> She's with us, and she is the author of the Six Habits, and I think this is going to be a good one. Laura, welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks. I'm stoked. Let's have some fun, as you said. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. Um, you've had quite a journey. Um, let's start by talking about your journey and, um, you know, what's that backstory that's really gotten you to this point? So, uh, the backstory is, uh, probably a lot like other people's it's, you know, some of the details might be different, but essentially it's the same. I, I worked really hard to create, uh, a lot of traditional success in terms of, you know, the house, the money, the this, the that, only to achieve all those things, have some time to be able to assess all my winnings, I guess, and discover I hadn't really won much after all. I was externally successful, which is fleeting, temporary, and doesn't last. And I was actually internally empty, didn't have that kind of stuff. And I think a lot of people go through that. You know, they they chase motherhood or fatherhood and they become parents, but then they discover, oh, that didn't make me happy either. Or, oh, I started the business and I made the million dollars. Oh, that didn't make me happy either. You know, or I lost a hundred pounds. Nope, that wasn't it. You know, that, that I just, I went through the same thing that so many of us go through. And, you know, like I said, the details are different, but the, the journey is essentially the same. And I just got really, really sick of feeling like crap. Um, cause I thought I was chasing the right stuff and I wasn't. So I got mad. A lot of inspiration comes from getting mad and I wanted to know what went wrong. And I just started studying human behavior. I found fascinating, fascinating things that, um, that really shape who we are and what we do with our lives. So I set out on a course to see if I could change my life. And I did like exponentially. And then, uh, I worked with some clients and helped them do the same. And here we are. Now I have a book to help thousands and thousands of people to change their lives uh, with the same simple tools. So you can basically have whatever life you want just on your terms. So Laura, you, you know, the folks that already know your story or, or go look up your story would think, here's a lady that retired from a business you'd run for 20 years, roughly it's a couple decades. You retired at 37. <laughs> a lot of people, right? A lot of people would think, what's the problem? I don't understand, right? I know, huh? Right. <laughs> so tell tell us what that problem was. Sure. Well, you know, it, it's like you don't always understand that something doesn't necessarily give you the happiness that you think it will until you have it. And then you're like, oh, so people say money cannot buy happiness. It can't. And I mean, it's certainly much more fun to cry on a yacht than it is, you know, next to a dumpster. Like that's very true. 
but like money itself cannot make you happier. Like having children cannot make you happier. You know, like all of these things are true. Like I don't have children. People are like, oh, but having a child would make you so much happier. I'm like, no, I really don't think it would. And it's not that children aren't wonderful. Um, it's my job to make me happy. It's not a child's job to make me happy. It's not money's job to make me happy, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, retiring at 37, notable, but I also started it when I was 19. Mm. Like, you know, a lot of people don't start their first company till they're in their thirties. So if I had started it like when I was 30 and then I retired at like 47, you'd be less surprised. I just started earlier. So it was still 20 years of a long slug. Believe me, it was hard. <laughs> and it's just, it, <laughs> It's one of those things where you truly don't understand until you actually have the thing that you want, whatever the thing is, and discover, oops, that wasn't it. You know, because happiness comes from inside of you. It's not losing weight, having kids, um, getting married. It's not these big ticket like milestones. Milestones do not equal happiness. Retirement certainly didn't. Um, it was just like, okay, now what? I had loads of time to survey everything that I had built and everything I had neglected. So that's what early retirement looks like is a, ah, damn it. What did I do? (laughs) (laughs) Right. So did, did you have to retire in order to go on this self-discovery or was it coming anyway? I mean, I know that's a hypothetical, but It was, it was probably a little bit of both. I probably would have gotten there anyway, but I got there a lot more rapidly because I had the time to focus on it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was already unfolding because I knew at 32, I was beginning to get burnt out and I didn't really want to do that anymore. I mean, I mean, I'd already been in it for 13 years and it was just a lot and, you know, starting a business, man, I actually believe that starting a business is like exponentially harder than running a business. Like at this point, it's like, Oh, you want me to run a company? That's kid stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, but starting one, good God, it's so mm. hard. You don't know what you're doing. And, you know, like you just, you feel like a failure and you're trying to emulate other successes and you're just making mistake after mistake and it's exhausting and you eat stress for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> <sighs> Meanwhile, I'm starting another company. Am I insane? Perhaps. Um, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it, it's just, it's just a really, really, interesting confluence of things. So it started, it started at 32. I started to just feel mm, something's off, right? Didn't really know what was off, Mm -hmm. but I had been pretty immersed into um, just observing people. I'm a professional creep, I guess, a social scientist. (laughs) You're funny. Um, You like that professional? I like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I was doing that. And then, um, you know, just reading loads and loads of books and going Mm -hmm. to retreats. And I was traveling alone and sitting on beaches, thinking all my big thoughts and stuff. So it was coming, but that just gave me a very abrupt crash landing right into it in actually a very painful way. You know, you would think retirement is like, wow, this is great. And it was awesome for a couple months, but then it started to just like hit me like a truck. I was like, "Mm." What was that moment like you, I mean, a couple months after retirement or whenever that happened, I mean, you, you, you use the word crash. I mean, what, what did that look like for you? Well, it wasn't sudden. Um, okay. Perhaps crash is the wrong word, but it was more like a, um, gradual detonation. Um, you know, it was a series of moments. It was like, you know, well, frankly, like not having to put on 
pants for several months in a row and being like, really? This is what I produce myself to. <laughs> like I'm the person that goes to Walmart in my jammies and I'm like, this is an outfit. No, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I just, I felt a little aimless and I'm, I'm a person who really needs like purpose and something to work on. And, you know, I had done um, some art projects and that was fine because I'm a fine artist in my spare time, which I don't have a lot of, but that's okay. Um, you know, I was cooking and baking. And like, after a while, you just like, you just run out of those things. And I I tend to get bored with repetitious stuff. And then, you know, I I did the retreats, I did the travel, I did all of it. And it was just kind of like, after a while, it felt like, meh, you know, I I wanted something that was more purpose-driven. And it really just kind of led me to believe, you know, something's wrong because I was like, well, you know, I retired. I did the thing that a lot of people don't typically do um, at this age anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm financially secure, I'm comfortable. Um, I've got passive income. Like I don't have to do anything anymore. I'm no longer, you know, hold, holding to obligation. Why am I not happy? And that was the, the question that continued to nag at me. It was like, why, if I, if I did all of it and I checked all the boxes, why am I so grumpy and just feeling despondent? Like, what, what is my problem? Like, am I clinically depressed? Do I have some sort of issue? No, I just always chase the wrong stuff. And I never actually filled up my soul. I never filled up my heart with all the right things. I filled up my wallet and I filled up my resume. And I'm very proud of those things. But when you take those things away, who are you? What's left? Yeah, so uh, let's talk to people that may be in that position. Because I would think that it's hard to know where to get your bearings. I mean, if everything's taken away... What do you reach out and touch that uh, steadies you emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, un- until you can find that purpose? What was it for you? Oh, frankly, like I said, it was being pissed off. Um, <laughs> I was mad that um, sometimes, hey, look, you know, I, take it for what it's worth, okay? But like, Anger is a useful human emotion. I'm never going to say anger is bad just because people tend to be explosive when they're mad doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. We also shouldn't assume that happiness is good either. Like emotions are just emotions and they're information, right? But the the rage that I felt, because I felt cheated, I was like, I did all the things and I'm still a miserable turd. What is going on? It got me motivated to want to find out why. Because I, you know, um, I had just devoted so much time and energy to uh, just constructing the American dream, if you will, and it didn't pan out, you know, the way I thought it would. And it, it felt like, well, I just put basically twenty years of my life into this, only for me to be physically sick, fighting with my husband, being miserable, and the glass is not even half empty; it's it's just empty. Mm. So what the hell is wrong? Cause this is not okay. Like I was just like, no, I did not just do all that and put myself through the seventh circle of hell to get here. And I was angry and I'm glad that I was angry. So a lot of people, man, this is probably the weirdest advice you're ever going to get on this show. Mm-hmm. But like anger can anchor you because it gives you purpose. Right. And especially if you're an entrepreneur, you're good at solving problems and creating stuff. So anger is actually very inspirational because you'll look at something and be like, I hate that so much. I'm going to do something about it. 
And that's wonderful, right? I mean, other people, sometimes you just need to have a damn good cry and like really like grieve something. I, I suppose I needed to grieve my old, um, you know, roles and the identity I thought I had. That's useful. Um, prayer can be grounding. You can, you know, you can journal, you can meditate, you can talk with people who love you. You can, uh, go on retreats and sit on the beach and stare at the sky and scream at God. I mean, lots of different things are grounding, but purpose I have found is one of the most grounding things, at least for me. It's just knowing that I've got something powerful to work on or create or um, solve, if you will. I love riddles. I mean, I'm kind of a detective that way. It's like, I like to get to the bottom of things and actually solve the puzzles. Mm. So Laura, I guess, again, where did you start on the journey? Um, and I mean, how, how can people listen to this and think, okay, I need to make a similar start. So, uh, I wouldn't recommend starting the way I started. Um, you know, not everyone is going to be a social scientist and not everyone is going to be like, you know, a professional creep as I put it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've done the creeping for you. And, uh, I actually, man, I read so many interesting scientific studies on human behavior. I've read, um, hundreds and hundreds of books on, um, personal development and psychology and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, also did tons of observational studies where I was able to figure out that there are six aspects of the human psyche that shape who we are, the lives we lead, um, how we feel about our lives and ourselves and basically what we accomplish and ultimately um, at its most pure, whether we're happy or not. Um, it, it's, um, it's, it's six uh, mental habits, mm-hmm. you know, like it, in, I'll give you a great example. Like, you know, let's say you, uh, are you a father? Yes. And a grandfather. Wow. Okay. How about that? So that's pretty cool. So let's say one of your cute little cherubim, the one of your grandkids, mm-hmm. um, has this very annoying thing that they do. Maybe they like to sing the exact same lyric, just one lyric, mm. over and over and over, at least 50 times per hour. Probably by about the 75th time, your eye is twitching, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, pick a different lyric, right? <laughs> <laughs> I may or may not be able to relate to this. But anyway, um, if... If you notice, you tend to have the same reaction to that mentally every single time. Mm. You know, it'll probably be like you go through a pattern and it will repeat. You know, at first it's like you probably hear the same lyric and you're like, oh God, here, here it comes again. Mm-hmm. And you probably like steal yourself to put up with it. Don't scream at the kid. Don't scream at the kid. Don't scream at the kid. Right. And then after about an hour of it, you're like, okay, buddy. Okay. Okay. We're going <laughs> to. We're going to do literally anything else right now. Right. right? And then if they, they still escalate, who knows, maybe you duct tape them to the wall. I'm kidding. Or not. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, but you tend to react the same way every time. But when it comes to the six habits that I'm talking about that I um, teach about in my book, because I changed my own life using these things, mm. um, you know, these are the things that inform how we uh interact with ourselves, which sounds very weird, how we interact with what happens and how we interact with what we do and what we receive. So 
very simply, the six habits of the mind are the way we treat ourselves, the way we feel about ourselves, uh, our perception of life and everything that happens in it, our ability to be in the moment or focus forward or backward. Um, you know, you're, you're looking at um, energy input and energy outflow. Um, these are um, really um, key concepts because frankly, we don't look at them. They're very simple. Mm-hmm. They are. They're very simple. I mean, the way you treat yourself is kindness. If you're not treating yourself with kindness, you're doing it wrong, period. Most people are jerks to themselves. Most people. And they'll look in the mirror and maybe they don't like the fact that their hair has gone gray. You know, I, I myself have a collection of gray hairs and, you know, I could look in the mirror and, oh my God, I'm getting old. I'm getting so ugly. Or I could be like, cool, free highlights. Like, yeah. Well, my collection beats yours, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> it, does, it does. But yeah. also, to be fair, uh, my I take after my dad, and um, his hair didn't go uh, white until about sixty-five, and that's um, just what was left. So either I'm going to go white when I'm sixty-five, or I'll go bald. <laughs> I don't know which one's going to happen, but we're going to find out. It's going to be thrilling. I got gotcha. Um, but. You get the idea, like mm-hmm. the way sure. that we interact with ourselves, the way we like just basically feel about stuff and the mm-hmm. games that go on inside our head all the time. They're the same damn games every single day repeatedly. Right. That's the stuff that needs to change. So then like, you know, you could read any self-help book. I mean, pick something from your favorite author, Tony Robbins or whomever. If you actually have a solid bedrock underneath whatever you build upon it, you're good. Your books will go better. Your courses will go better. Your business will go better. Everything you build on top of that bedrock, mm-hmm. it's going to work versus being built on sand. Yeah, you you just went someplace there I wanted to go, which is what you call these six um, principles. You call them habits, um, mm-hmm. which is something more intentional than just uh, six principles or what have you. A habit is an action, right? And something you do something with. And I find it interesting you use that word. Yeah. Well, habit is, um, it's usually what we think about when we think about like every morning, you know, Mm -hmm. have a cigarette or like, you know, it's even a habit of which hand you brush your teeth with. Mm. You ever like try to brush your teeth with the other hand? Mm -hmm. Feels weird Mm -hmm. because it's not your habit. Your habit is, it's the, it's the, it's an unconscious action, right? right? Habit is also um, unconscious thought pattern. It's just patterns just mm-hmm. all the time. It's just like, you know, this happens, then I do that. I wake up, I immediately go to the bathroom and brush my teeth every single morning, no matter what, you know, and if you don't have your morning coffee, something can feel a little off. But like, if you ever like, I don't know, not put your pants on one leg at a time and just jump in, it feels really weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, when we like the disruptive stuff is because uh, or it's disruptive just because like we have a set way of doing things that we've decided a long time ago. And the purpose of a habit is uh, it's a mental shortcut, right? We don't have to think about it anymore. Like this is the way I make my coffee period. Mm -hmm. I brush my teeth with my right hand. I put my shoes on and I always put the right one on first or the left one on first. And this is the way I do it. That's also uh, the way it works in our heads. Nobody thinks about this, though, because you can't see a habit in the mind, but you see the results of it. 
So you got to be super aware of what you're thinking to yourself, what you're saying to yourself, how you're perceiving stuff, how you're, you know, just living your life. And um, the one of the things I wanted to do, actually, you didn't ask me this, but I really want to tell you this. Yeah. When I was writing the book, one of the things that really struck me is how many people pick up self-help books and they just zip through it and they don't do a damn thing differently. They basically paid the author. Um, the author made their $4 royalty mm-hmm. and neither person is any richer for having gone through that experience and that exchange. Mm. That sucks. Right. Like it's so vapid for both parties. Like I'm not going to be a billionaire on four bucks. It's not going to happen. And you're not going to suddenly become your happiest, fullest self. If you don't do anything with the advice that's given to you. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So I wanted to make sure that I broke things down and like really ultra simple, like very just um, pragmatic way. It's not really fluffy and like, you know, ethereal and whatever. I I think you can tell just from speaking to me, I don't write that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also wanted to make sure that I put um, like coaching materials in the book. So anyone who does read it, they're encouraged, please go to this place, download all this stuff. And there's like this um, huge coaching workbook that goes with it. So you can really take action on what you learn and it's free. I love things that are free. You're more mm-hmm. likely to do something about it if it's free, right? right. And you go, you get all this stuff you learn about yourself and you have this epiphany of like, oh my gosh, I am terrible to myself or wow, my life sucks and it's my fault. And then maybe you too can be pissed off and inspired and then maybe do something about it. Laura De Benedetto is with us folks. She is the author of the six habits. Um, so Laura, I'm going to get to that point. You were in your journey. What was that when did you get to the point where you said, I want to pick up the pen. I want to open up my laptop and start writing. When I knew it worked. That's, that's mm-hmm. the shortest answer I've given you so far. Yeah. <laughs> when I knew it worked, I don't want to write a book about an experimental theory. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of those out there. I, I, I don't know. Happiness is contagious, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of virus we should very, very joyfully spread, right? Right. Um, and uh, I felt so good, and I felt like I had stumbled upon something that could actually make humanity better. Um, so I started writing about it and sharing, you know, and just how I know how to share and making it as practical as I could. And um, it took me about, um, I'm going to say about a year and nine months from typing the first letter in Microsoft word to actually holding the book in my hot little hands. That was a cool moment, by the way. No, I can imagine. I can imagine. What's the feedback you've, you've gotten so far um, from readers of the book and where, what, what pieces of the book maybe have touched them that you're hearing uh, the feedback has been uh, very positive. Um, people really appreciate that it's a very straightforward book and it's very relatable because I use a lot of just normal examples from my life and other people's lives, things that are just like universal. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's been getting some really nice feedback. Things uh, that I talk about, like I lay out very specific instructions in the book. So it's not like I give you a very vague idea and it's like, okay, well, you know, just change your mindset. No, here's steps one, two, 
three. Now grab a pen, do this specific thing. So it's very instructional and people have appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been great. The thing that, um, so I'm still learning. This is the great part about this. And I didn't expect this. I was like, oh, I never wrote a book before. So I was like, oh, I wrote a book and now I'm done. And, and that's it. Wrong. Now, now I'm learning so much from my readers and from my clients that I coach one-on-one and the people who have done my 90-day program. You know, the things that blow me away the most are uh, the second habit, the habit of acceptance. It seems like everyone seems to struggle with that one more than anything else. And acceptance is um, universal, 100% unconditional self-love. This includes forgiving yourself for all the dumb crap you've done before. It is not comparing yourself to anyone else. It's no imposter syndrome. It's like, I'm good. I could live in a refrigerator box and I know I'm still awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, And it's, it's, it is amazing how people um, have no idea how much they are secretly loathing themselves. And that's probably been the most surprising part of this. Cause I knew people like I knew going into this, that people, myself, clients, everybody, we all have different strengths and weaknesses. Like you might be really great at one, you know, like a collection of them. I'll be great at a different collection of these six habits, you know, and, and whatever our journey is our own. However, um, the acceptance one is universal. I've mm. noticed. I, you know, and the crazy part is they all come into it thinking, Oh, I accept myself. And then they discover the more they do actually the exercises. Oh my God, I don't love myself at all. No, you don't. And then they get pissed off and then they do something about it, which is wonderful. That's, that's scary to admit that, isn't it? It's terrifying, which is why like it might be, God, that's such a great observation on your part. Um, That might be why, um, there's the most struggle with that because you have to admit probably the most terrible thing that you secretly hate yourself. You secretly judge yourself. Like, you know, the way we feel about ourselves, we don't even feel that way about other people. The way we, you know, speak to ourselves and hold ourselves up to impossible standards. You know, like you say, you're a grandfather and you're a father. There's no way, there's no way you would ever, ever, Treat those wonderful little humans that look up to you and love you the way they want to treat and feel about themselves. You feel that probably they walk on water, they're God's precious little miracles, you know, they're just light of your life, and you know, like they're just funny and weird, and you're just like, wow, you are a miracle. Mm -hmm. And you just love them. Am I right? Right, of course. Of course. Yeah. And even if you don't, just agree with me in case they're listening. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're awesome. I got I'm I'm blessed. Um, That's awesome. And you you feel this way. I know you feel this way to the very core of your soul Mm -hmm. and there's no conditions attached to it. They could do something bad. They could go to jail and it wouldn't change anything about how much you love them, Mm -hmm. you know, or their worthiness of your love because your love is truly unconditional, but we deny ourselves the same thing when we don't want to admit it, which is why the acceptance thing is so damn difficult because we actually have to acknowledge and look in the mirror. I have been paying for this sin from 30 years ago, the whole time, I have never forgiven myself for this. I have never allowed myself to be 20 pounds overweight and be worthy of love anyway. I've never allowed myself to actually choose that career 
that I really enjoy doing. I just want to condemn myself for not choosing something that makes me more money or whatever. You know, we have this idealized version of ourselves in our minds that is not who we are. And the more we envision, I should be that, the more we'll never be happy when, you know, when we have the, I am this. And it's, it's the, it's the ultimate, I mean, you know, not to get too weird on you, but like, it's the ultimate I am. Mm -hmm. It's the, it's, I am period. It's not, I am beautiful. I am rich. I am handsome. I am successful. Nobody cares. These are just words. They're attributes. It doesn't matter. I am. Therefore I am worthy. I, I am. That's it. And like, that's really like the core of all of it. And to be able to get to that, I feel like a lot of books and thought leaders touch on it, but they don't offer a lot of practical tools to like actually get there. But the very first one I can share with you is one, learning about the enormity of the problem, two, facing yourself an incredible, profound self-awareness and finding every teeny tiny little nook and cranny where you are stuffing self-hatred that you don't think is there. And then slowly replacing it with love. And it's hard, <laughs> hard, very hard, but it is the most noble of all of the um, things to pursue in my humble opinion. Yeah. And if you don't, I, I, I forget the Richard Rohr quote, but if whatever pain you don't process, I'll, I'll use that word, you transmit, right? So that affects everyone around you when it's not really about them, it's about you and your, your inability to love yourself. That's right. It is, um, it is a very, very, um, valuable thing to focus on. And, you know, if I could go back in time and give my younger brand new entrepreneur self some advice, not that I would have listened because I was very stubborn. Uh, it would be like, really, if you learn to truly deeply unconditionally love yourself and really lean into this concept of I am mm -hmm. period, no judgments, just love. And that's it. If you do that, you will be happier, healthier, richer. Uh, you'll, you know, your marriages will be more comfortable. You will attract other people to you. You'll be more popular. Like, everything will be just so easeful. So Laura, what is beyond buying the book and folks go buy the book. Uh, but while folks are waiting for that book to, uh, uh, hit their doorstep or download or what have you, uh, what's, what's the one thing they can do between now and then to get, help them jumpstart this process towards self-love self-awareness. I think, you know, every single person and anyone who says to me, I don't have time is lying. And I don't accept that. And sh you shouldn't either. I don't have time is code for this isn't important to me. So are you willing to face the truth and acknowledge that I am not important to me? Hmm. Have that moment with yourself of, you know, asking yourself hard questions. It's probably one of the most, um, useful skills a person can acquire is the ability to ask really good, um, meaty questions that hurt. Like, am I really so unimportant to myself that I'm unwilling to dedicate 10 minutes today to ponder a question? 
Am I so afraid of what I might find that I want to creatively avoid it as long as I can? You know, can I be brave just for 10 minutes and see a part of myself that might set me free? Can I do these things? Now, if you ask yourself really good questions, really good questions, you're going to get better answers. It's, um, it's all about the inquiry and the self-awareness is, um, it's the beginning of all of it, really. Folks, Laura's book is called The Six Habits. And Laura, you mentioned you do some coaching. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, man, I, I don't take a lot of clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have room for uh, two at this point. Okay. That's it. Um, I work with people for sometimes short periods of time, long periods of time. But uh, it's funny. I, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs because I have a very uh, large body of knowledge when it comes to business, entrepreneurship, processes, flows, creating companies, and solving very complicated business problems. Um it's it's like it's a playground for me, right? Mm. But the interesting part of the work that I do that actually makes me the most joyful is when I get to work with all these amazing folks to bring their dreams to life strategically while we work on who they are. And I, I'm very very proud that I'm a person um, that I have walked through fire myself, so I can hold my client's hand and go to the deep, dark and ugly places, create that safe space and make it so it doesn't suck so bad to like actually do the hard work. Um, so you can actually learn to love yourself. You can learn to do these things and it's, it's okay. And like, you're not going to be alone just like sitting in this cesspool of feelings. Right. Um, but there's a way through and out and it's a plan. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's really joyful. You know, if anyone's interested in doing that with me or even just asking about it, you can get to, um, my website, lauradibenedetto.com. Since nobody can spell DiBenedetto, you can get to it from the six habits.com. There you go. <laughs> and you can just pop in an inquiry there if you want. <laughs> awesome. And, um, and your book is available on all the, where, all the typical places people buy books. Um, we won't necessarily point them toward that big uh, mail order place, but, but there's all, all sorts of places they can buy your book, right? Unfortunately, I think it's really mostly available in that one because Amazon is my publisher. I got gotcha. you. Um, okay. Well, let's I just know, say I'm Amazon. I'm not excited about making Jeff Bezos any richer. <laughs> I feel you. They are yeah. my publisher. And for a first time independent author, that's where we went. Alternatively, you can get the audiobook um, on Audible, also on Amazon property, mm-hmm. or you can get it directly from my website. Um, there you go. And the ebook and the paperback, uh, which I love to sign for people who order it directly from me and mail it off and whatever. So that those three products are available on um, the six habits. And then actually I have one completely non Amazon produced um, element. And that's my 90 day program. That's on the six habits too. That one not only teaches you all the habits, but walks you through the um, scientific time period of 66 days minimum for actual habit formation, which is kind of fun because the nerd. (laughs) There you go. Jeff's not helping you here, folks. Laura is. So go to her website to get the book. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I like the way you said that. Uh, (laughs) No, he's not. He's, he's, uh, uh, doing whatever he does, which we won't get into, but he's building more rockets, buying a big ass home and 
McKenna on Maui. Thank you very much. Yeah. And that's not helping <laughs> you or me, but, uh, uh, but Laura is folks and she's here to help. And, uh, uh, so go check this out. Uh, Laura, this has been great. Wow. I could keep going, but, uh, you've got some folk probably got some more writing to do. So I'm going to let you go, but <laughs> this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Truly my pleasure. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. And folks, uh, that'll do it for this edition of business leaders radio. I'm John Ray. Thanks again. <laughs>